stay tuned for Sound Tasting, the podcast where food meets music, sponsored by Nicoletta and Beppe's Restaurant in the Pearl. Today, we'll meet Andrew Clapp, Portland musician, songwriter, and amazing cook. Andrew makes handcrafted guitar amps and is widely known as one of the most creative cooks in Portland. In fact, he created his own version of a recipe just for you today. What could it be? Stay tuned to find out. Hi, Andrew. Welcome to the show. Thank you. So, what are we going to cook today? Uh, I want to make Kung Pao chicken, uh, also known as laser chicken, which for those of you really old geek people out there might know from the jargon file. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah. Okay, well, for all the geek people out there, then they'll know what you're talking about. Exactly. Yeah, all right, that's great. So, what do we do? Let's get started. All right, um, to, to prep, I always start the rice first before any kind of meal. I've soaked some long grain rice and rinsed it a couple of times to get some of the starch off. That looks and, great. And uh, put that in the, in the rice maker. Okay. And, uh, Add a little water. Uh, usually do one and three quarters cup water to one cup of rice. Okay. A little bit of oil and salt in the rice maker, and and plug it in. And that's started. Okay, that'll okay. happen. Did you add and any so, seasoning to that? No. Okay, great. And then uh, over here we've got uh, um, some prepped stuff that I, I cut up ahead of time. Okay. And uh, just uh, just a little bit more to do. Uh, we All got right. some. Uh, so what are we looking at here? Uh, onions, carrots, celery, which I put in almost everything, but in this case it actually works really well in the dish. Uh, and then uh, we've got some minced garlic and minced ginger. And then uh, usually uh, I go shopping at Fubon in southeast Portland. Uh, I got some water chestnuts, some bamboo shoots, some hoisin sauce, and some uh, chili garlic sauce. Wow, this which... looks really great. This oh, is... and some peanuts. That sounds great. So what's next? Um, well, we got some. Uh, there's some a uh, little bit of prep to do, but uh, turn okay. up, turn on a pan to some uh, to some high medium high to high heat. Okay. Use a uh, little bit of uh, high temperature cooking oil. I like canola oil because it doesn't burn. Olive oil works, but you can burn pretty easily. And then okay. uh, usually start with the onions and chicken. You know, you get the get the oil kind of shimmery first. Okay. Uh, let it heat up, and then you add some some onions and chicken and uh, let that cook until the onions sort of turn clear and the chicken's browned on all sides. Okay, and why are you calling this laser chicken? Um, that's a, a nickname that was given to it out of a uh, text file that was passed around on the internet when the internet was very young. And uh, it was one of those things, it was kind of legend, kind of, uh, it's called the jargon file. And uh, people don't even refer to it anymore much. Really? But, uh, that's yeah. really interesting. Back from, uh, uh, Way long ago. Let's see here. We got some heat. Okay. And you are adding chicken, chopped Chick chicken. About how much chicken is this? Uh, about two chicken breasts worth of cubed up chicken. Okay. And then uh, some onions, and uh, we're going to do that and get it good and hot, and uh, we can. Uh, Great. A little sizzle there, and then we'll come back and add a little bit more stuff once that gets good and hot. This looks fantastic. I can't wait. So, 
I understand that you like cooking. Tell me a little bit more about it. Uh, I started cooking uh, probably when I was in grade school and came up with, you know, little things I could do at home to feed myself just because it was fun. And you know, I used to you know, melt cheese on bread with some garlic salt <laughs> and make garlic bread. Wow, uh, that's and, fancy. Uh, like, did you use the microwave for that? or? There wasn't a microwave around then. Oh, wow. This was in the oven. You're really dating yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well. And then we got a little bit of sizzle on the chicken and onions. Gonna stir that a little bit. Okay. And, uh, you know, it progressed from there. I used to have, uh, throw a lot of parties, invite people over, make various different things, you know, chili or gumbo or whatever that I can feed a lot of people. And uh, that's been, uh, I don't know, majority what I've done with it. Wow. Well, you know, one thing listeners might find interesting is that you're actually my brother. And uh, I, I couldn't wait to have you on the show, not only because you write incredible music, but because your cooking is just so phenomenal. I literally cannot wait to come over here and, you know, see what's on the menu and if you're saying, hey, Marty, come over for dinner, I'm, you're my number one goal. So I'm really excited to have you on the show. When do you, when do you think you first, you know, fell in love with food? And when did you know that this was a thing for you, cooking? Uh, after my first bout of college, I, I went to a couple different places. <laughs> and uh, by the time I got into my, my second round, I actually was out of dorms and into a place where I had my own kitchen. And, uh, you know, I used to cook a lot for myself back then. And uh, Did you just I, I think up, I probably or? learned a lot of the recipes that uh, I, I have now from, from that time period when I was just, you know, exploring and trying to cook different stuff. I'd go to a restaurant and have, you know, Kung Pao chicken and say, hey, I could make that at home. Hmm. Go home and try several times and fail and then finally get the hang of it, you know? Hmm, interesting. And I, I want to tell the listeners that right now as we have kind of a... Um, a little bit of a wok-shaped pan on the stove, and as you're as you're tossing the chicken, you're actually turning the pan and shaking it a little bit. Yeah, if um, I was actually uh, if I actually had a wok, I'd be using that, but I don't have one right now. So this is uh, it's it's the next best thing. And it looks delicious. So yeah, I'm basically trying to brown the chicken and clear the onions here for a little bit. Okay. In uh, in a little bit of high temperature cooking oil. High temperature cooking oil, canola. Oh, yeah. Well, is the process um, of songwriting kind of the same for you as the process of creating a new recipe or creating something new in the kitchen? I would say cooking has a lot of parallels with uh, songwriting uh, in that you can uh, assemble sort of basic building blocks like here's how you cook rice or here's how you, you know, saute some chicken and onions and then from that you can go on to, to build larger things or assemble things. Uh, some of the music that you're listening to in this program is electronic music where I would go through and you know, sort of try and create a bass line and a, and a drum track and a, and a melody and stick them all together and then I'd make several of these little snippets that were, you know, three to five minutes long and glue them together and, yeah. uh, and work on smooth transitions and stuff like that. Uh, I used to listen to a lot of electronica back in the day when I was working with computers and kind of always wanted to make some and so I started doing it. That's really neat. Getting so, a little bit of brown on the chicken now, as you can see. I see that. And uh, the onions are starting to turn clear. Huh. And that's right about when we add the uh, carrots and celery. Okay. So the chicken isn't quite done yet. And we're throwing in 
About how much celery is in that? Oh, I'd say probably three large ribs of celery and two carrots. Okay. And just kind of get those cooking because carrots, they're a little tougher and I, I try and uh, get a little more cooking time on the things that are tougher. Okay. Get them a little more tender. Good to know. Yeah, I don't know why I would have thought that you would have added the garlic first with the onion, but um, this I is a good lesson I would save the garlic and ginger for last because the longer you cook them, the more their flavors sort of meld into the dish. And I like to bite into them and have a little bit of crunch and crispiness and the spark of that flavor. Oh, that's interesting. I did not know that. So you talked about the building blocks of music. What do you think, what do you think the building blocks of music are? Yeah. For you. Yeah, rhythm, melody, harmony, same things that you would, you know, standard music theory type things. Standard music theory type things. Yeah. Do you, when you're writing music, I mean, are you inspired by certain things? Like, does food inspire you? Or like, are you walking around one day and like, oh my God, I've got an idea for a song. What is it? Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Uh, I think food and music are definitely related. Uh, I don't know if I have any specific times when music and food were the same thing, but yeah, definitely related. Okay, all right. Well, let's take a short break and then we'll discover some new music and talk about tube amplifiers and finish cooking this Kung Pao chicken with Andrew Clough. Sound Tasting with jazz singer Marty Mendenhall is supported by Nicoletta and Beppe's Restaurant in the Pearl, creating a casual yet elegant dining experience. Around the table, we become family, friends, and community. NicolettaBeppe's.com. Welcome back to Sound Tasting on 99.1 FM, Portland Radio Project. I'm jazz singer Marty Mendenhall, and I'm here with musician and songwriter Andrew Platt. Andrew, for people that are just tuning in, what have we got on the stove today? Uh, we're making some uh, Kung Pao chicken, which is a recipe I've been carrying around since college. And uh, it's uh, it's really tasty. It's it's pretty similar to what you would get in a restaurant. Uh, it's got my own little twist to it, so. Well, I um, can't wait. I can't wait to taste it. I can't wait till we get to the sauce part, because I, <laughs> I need to learn how to make a good sauce for Kung Pao chicken. Yeah. So, you know, um, I can clearly remember coming home from college and you dragging me to your computer to hear a song. And it was about a space adventure, a spaceman. Do you remember this? Um, <laughs> Barely. And uh, you played this song for me, and I was so impressed with the music. And it had great vocals. And then I asked you, I said, who wrote this song? And you said, well, I did. And I'm like, what? Really? And then I said, well, who's singing it? And you said, well, that's me singing it. And I was. I was completely shocked and surprised that, um, you know, here you were, we grew up together, and I never knew that you sang, let alone that you wrote music. Um, so I'd love to play um, some of the music that you were talking about earlier. Um, can you describe um, a little bit about this next segment? Sure. Um, this uh, next one, uh, this, this, this whole music for this entire program is taken from a compilation I made. Uh, several years ago, uh, which was uh, something that was conceived as a, I wanted to sit down at my my, uh, my music workstation 
every day and hammer out, you know, this is all done with a keyboard and a computer, uh, a bass line, a melody line, uh, some atmospheric stuff and a drum thing and put that all together into sort of an ostinato sort of repeating pattern thing and uh, get those uh, going. And I took, I would do one of these a day and I did this for years. So I had hundreds to choose from. At the end, I took all the ones that were basically, you know, in the same tempo range and shifted them all so they would be identical. And then I used another program to start blending in between the two of them, huh. uh, you know, from one to the other to the other. So you'll hear 15 or 20 different tracks, you know, in, in the space of 40 minutes, you know. I was thinking about using it as you know, like DJ material or something like that, but that never happened. So. <laughs> All right, well, hey, um, that's a really great introduction. Um, do you have a name for this piece that you've created? It's, yeah, it's, it's just sort of a collage of 80 BPM music that I put together. Okay, so. well, let's give it a listen. Andrew, that piece is so great. I want to dance in the kitchen. <laughs> I like it. It's totally you. I'm I'm always so impressed with the music that you write. Do you want to tell me anything more about that music? Uh, yeah, this particular one uh, with the uh, it was is largely influenced by like electronica and trance music uh, of the day, uh, which is something I used to listen to a lot of when I was you know doing computer system administration 
various places that I worked. I just put on the headphones and listen to this stuff constantly, and I got uh, a lot of listening time in. So I think, you know, I listened to a lot of the good stuff that was out there, and I, I, I would hope that that influenced the music that I listened to. Uh, you know, programs like uh, Rick O'Ryan's, you know, DJ stuff that right. used to be very popular. Right. And well, thank you so much for sharing that on the air. I really appreciate it. So while we were listening to that, you added some stuff to this dish. Yeah, I added a, a can of bamboo shoots and a can of water chestnuts, uh, some minced ginger and minced garlic. And uh, I'm just gonna continue to saute stuff here. You get quite a bit of liquid at the bottom of the, the pan, as you will see. Wow, there's a lot of liquid. There's a lot of liquid really uh, that comes out from this ginger. stuff at this point. And uh, you have most of the stuff you need for the dish itself. I'm just gonna add a few more things. A, uh, a small smattering of uh, peanuts, and I'm just using, you know, roasted peanuts. Okay. Uh, they tend to add a nice crunch to it. Great. The rice looks like it's coming along. I see the rice uh, cooker lid kind of bubbling over there, so it's gotta be doing something. Yeah, and then uh, Oh my gosh, this smells this, so good. <laughs> uh, in, in just a moment, when these things are sort of blended, you get the peanuts mixed around in there. I'm gonna add the uh, components for the sauce. And uh, that consists of uh, some chili garlic sauce, okay. which is uh, standard Greenland sauce. Great. And uh, you know, just usually uh, a scotch of that somewhere in the. You know, depends this, on about you, how much you need. You and know, then the this same, looks good because my producer just came over to take a peek at it and went like smiled and walked away. And so. the same <laughs> quantity, uh, I usually go one to one of the chili garlic sauce and the hoisin sauce. And there's lots of hoisin sauces out there. But uh, I find it's just good to explore. I really like the one with the blue and yellow label that I can't read anything on. It just says hoisin sauce. Because it's in Chinese? Uh, I assume. Okay. And uh, we just mix that in with all the fluid that's in the bottom and, and uh, mix it around in there. And you get uh, basically what amounts to a pretty good Kung Pao chicken sauce. All right. And it'll be a little liquidy. So toward the end, we're gonna do something to fix that up. Wow, this looks really good. So, when did you write your first song? Oh, I got my first instrument, which was the bass guitar, when I was 12 years old. And uh, I got a bass guitar and an amp, because uh, we had gone through a bunch of instruments trying to find something I liked to play, and that one is the one that stuck. Huh. And I used to write little uh, patterns and songs and things that I could, uh, I still have a tape somewhere, cassettes, yeah that kind of thing of stuff that I used to uh, record uh -huh. when I was that age. And uh, I just started doing stuff from an early age. That sounds great. Well, uh, let's take another short break and then we'll come back in the kitchen with Andrew Clapp. We'll get to taste this Kung Pao chicken and uh, we'll talk a little bit more about music. Support comes from Nicoletta and Beppe's restaurant in the Pearl offering authentic Italian dishes using the freshest ingredients. Pasta, pizza, salad, delizioso. NicolettaBeppes.com. Welcome back to Sound Tasting on 99.1 FM, Portland Radio Project. I'm jazz singer Marty Mendenhall, and we're back in the kitchen with musician and electronics enthusiast, uh, my brother, Andrew Klopp. I can see that this dish is almost ready to go, but uh, I want to talk about um, some of your amazing hobbies. Um, I've known you in my life as um, a creator, an inventor, 
always someone who's looking um, to put together something new and create something new. Um, I know you've been working on a particular hobby for the last couple of years. You want to tell me about it? Sure, sure, yeah. I, uh, I build tube guitar amplifiers for some friends of mine and for my own personal use. Uh, haven't really sold that many yet. Uh, I am working on a couple of different models for friends. I've been basically building a sort of catalog, if you will, of various types. You can see one of them here uh, that uh, are you know, they're, they're mostly single-ended amplifiers and some parallel single-ended stuff. I, I haven't built many push-pull amplifiers yet. For those of you in the tube amp world, you'll know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> but I, it's mostly because I really just dig the, uh, the tones and uh, overdrive portions you can get out of these amps that uh, doesn't seem to be... Uh, it, it's more about using your amplifier up in the, the breakup region, the distortion, you know, where you can actually take advantage of the various, you know, qualities uh -huh. of tubes. Uh-huh. Uh, so, yeah, something you don't normally hear in, in, in everyday music, but you hear a lot of it. I mean, what's the difference? I mean, what, what, what makes these amps so much more um, specific to that kind of... Uh, with single-ended amplifiers, you get a lot more second-order harmonic distortion and, well, Things like that. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's a different sort of sound quality that you'll get that you won't necessarily hear in, in other amplifiers. So I got to add one more thing to this uh, this meal here. Okay, great. Which Back is a cooking. little bit of cornstarch and dissolved in cold water. It has to be cold, and then you pour Why? it over the full the food and stir it in. Why does it have to be cold? If you put it in hot water. The chemistry doesn't work, and I'm not exactly sure why that is, but if you put it in cold water and add it to the food, as it boils, it thickens. Oh my gosh, look at that. And that is like one of your basic Chinese 101, Chinese food 101, finish it off with a little cornstarch and water, and you get a and that looks thick like glazed sauce. Maybe like a half a cup of water, maybe? Yeah. And, and about then, how much uh, cornstarch? Oh, a tablespoon, maybe. Right. And you want to pull it off the heat pretty quick after that so it doesn't burn. Okay, so we've got it pulling off the heat, and what do we, what do we, do we let it sit for a minute? What do we do? Then we walk over to the rice cooker, which has finished. The rice cooker has and we finished. we nice, fluffy, separate grains of rice. Yummy! All right, I'm very excited about this dish. What are we serving it up on? A I plate usually, or a bowl? Uh, I usually use plates. All right. So, I'll scoop out a little bit of rice. If you're doing this uh, in a restaurant or uh, somewhere, you might take a uh, small rounded bottom coffee cup and fill the coffee cup with rice and then invert it onto the plate so you get a nice little domed serving of rice. It's hey, very pretty looking. Hey, that's tricky. That's like fancy date night stuff. Yeah, yeah. All right. Exactly. So we've got rice going on. And then uh, go over here to the piping hot food. Piping hot. You're not kidding. And about how much heat? I mean, the I chili sauce. I cook this an entire meal. I cook on high heat or close to high heat, just because if you're in a like a Chinese restaurant environment, they're going to be using butane jets or whatever and getting much hotter than you can get on your conventional electric stove. Okay. So gas right. stoves, you've got a lot of heat potential, but with electric stoves, you just got to crank them up and go for it. Do you have a fork? Yes. And should I wait to try this, or am I gonna try it like, I mean. It's gonna be pretty hot, but you might be able to muscle through. Okay, do I, I can muscle through. Do I need like a, am I gonna need a, a water chaser? Is this gonna be so spicy I'm not gonna be able to handle it? Is this Andrew spicy, or is this Marty spicy? This is somewhere in between. Somewhere in between, okay. It's very hot. 
Oh my gosh. Fresh off the stove. That has got a kick. I am definitely gonna need some water. I say, as I'm searching for water. Okay. Woo! That is so flavorful. It's like an explosion of heat and spice. I can totally taste the ginger and the garlic. That has got some heat to it. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, the and heat about, mostly comes from the uh, garlic chili sauce. Uh, if you want to, you know, tone that down a little bit, you can, you know, you can always just use a little less of that and stick with the more of the hoisin sauce. So you're gonna get a on. sweeter I'm flavor. Gonna, I'm gonna work through spice. the burn. Work through the burn. That's why it's called laser chicken. So now you're telling me why it's called laser chicken. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, what other things do you like to cook? Oh, I have a large uh, fondness for things from New Orleans, uh, jambalaya and gumbo, etouffees, uh, blackened catfish and chicken. That sounds good. I have a you know, barbecue grill, which is a gas grill, and I have a wood-fired smoker. So those mm. things cover most of that stuff, and it's, it's been a lot of fun learning how to use the smoker, for instance. Uh, that's, a, that's a crazy instrument. That sounds fun. So have you ever been to New Orleans? I never have, but I would really like to go. Uh, one of the people that was influential uh, in my cooking of gumbo was uh, a friend of mine named Chris who uh, grew up there. And uh, hit my first gumbo recipe was his mom's gumbo recipe. So that's uh, where I got my start in that. And it's, it's evolved a little bit since then, to say the least. That's really right. Are there any other places that you would like to travel in oh, I'd love and to get be out. inspired yeah. with, you know, that's inspired by your cooking? Um, I would love to get out and actually see, uh, you know, the world a little bit more. Uh, France in particular, since I studied French for, you know, three years in high school and three years in college. And I almost got a minor in French. And but Are uh, you, uh, have you done any French cooking? I've cooked a little bit of French type stuff. Uh, I've used those influences in a lot of things. Uh, you know, the mirepoix for most soup type things and, a basic mixture of vegetables. You have those in uh, lots of different cultures. In the French culture, you'll have the mirepoix. In the Spanish, uh, Mexican culture, you'll have sofrito. Um, there's a couple other out there, uh, which is basically, uh, it varies from place to place, but carrot, celery, and onions, or, or, or the trinity in New Orleans of, you know, uh, green peppers and onions, and you have all kinds of, uh, and, and, you know, there's garlic in a lot of those, too, so. Starts to wonder if you're going to call it garlic. A... One of your favorite foods. <laughs> yeah. I know this. I do. Having recently, I know that you visited the garlic festival. It's one of your favorite places to go. I thought. I've been to the garlic festival uh, a number of years. Hmm. So let's talk about this dish. Um, about how long does this last in the refrigerator? Oh, you can probably uh, keep that for three to five days, depending on you know how cold the fridge is and uh, how soon you put it away. Does it freeze well? Oh yeah, it's a great reheater. So, so I don't freeze like the rice. I, I usually do that separate and just right. make fresh rice with the, but you can reheat it. Uh, so you could make this ahead for a weeknight meal and totally. make it on a Sunday. And mm -hmm. and we actually made this whole like real time live on the show. Yeah, um, it takes so less than a half an hour to, to, to make it. And the prep is, is minimal as well. So you could probably do the whole thing in easily under an hour. Mm, it's so good. So if you were gonna recommend uh, a beverage with this meal, what would you what would you do? I like Asahi. And, and which what is exactly a, is that? It's a dry beer. <laughs> All right, so, is that what this is right here? Yeah, this is Asahi is a uh, a dry Japanese He's beer. It to me. Can I drink on the air? 
a dry. Oh, that actually is. Goes that well helps with the with food. The, um, the burn. Yes, so. it does. Well, Andrew, thank you so much uh, for being on the show today and for helping us through this kung pao chicken. I really appreciate you um, and your time and um, sharing laser chicken with us. You're welcome. For details on the next podcast, follow Sound Tasting PDX and visit PRP.FM. I'm your host, food enthusiast and jazz singer, Marty Mendenhall. Thanks so much for tuning in and see you next time.